Vajradramanandasha, Janajana Salakaya, Chakshun Militanyena, as my Sri Guru Venamaha. Vajkoptu Vishak, Vipisnavi Vichap, Titanam Pavanebu, Vishnavijanavonamaha. So, good evening. So, we're discussing Krishna's exploits with the demons as seen through the fine discrimination of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur in relating a symbolic representation to those demons and Krishna's killing of them to the Sadika's advancement in spiritual life. His symbology, symbology being that these different repre- demons represent impediments to steady devotion which is the plane from which we can actually advance into freedom from material impediments in our devotional practice. So we look at the Lord's pastimes with his eternal associates and his spiritual playground and as followers of the Madhvagodya Sampradaya we're specifically given knowledge of those pastimes which Aracharyas put forth as the as the most intimate, as the highest. Who can argue with them? Their explanations, their descriptions, their justifications, the evidence that they use to support that conclusion that the Supreme Lord's topmost manifestation is that all-attractive Krishna and that the topmost understanding of his intimate loving exchanges is an appreciation for those loving exchanges that happen in his spiritual playground, Goloka Vrindavan. Loka and the associated uh, forests uh, where he enacts pastimes on a continual basis. So that continual basis means those pastimes from morning to night are always going on. He's always relishing the most intimate of loving exchanges throughout the different periods of the day um, in such a way that um, is incomparable to any other uh, loving exchange that the Lord may have. It's beyond compare. It's the topmost. Even great lovers of the Supreme Lord who have, have such deep and profound affection for him are dumbfounded when they come into contact with those particular loving affairs. Uddhava, who's such a such a lover of the Supreme Lord that the Supreme Lord let it slip one day <laughs> that uh, you're more dear to me than my very self. He says this to Uddhava. So, 
when Uddhava went to Vrindavan to pacify Krishna's gopis uh, with special messages of love that was were intended to to give them some life because Krishna had heard that they were all near death Uddhava delivered those messages and he delivered the philosophy of the self in the hopes of relieving the gopis of their distress he was unsuccessful uh, but he was taught quite a lesson so much so that he, he stayed for, for some time. So these continual pastimes of the Lord in Galoka uh, are free of that extreme period of separation and they're free of the impediments not really impediments for the residents of Raj, but um, they're free of any interruption, let us say, by uh, these occasional uh, in incursions. Is that the word? They come in and they they disrupt things. So these demons. Bhaktivinoda sees, he sees the symbology, the symbology being that we're trying to enter into samadhi on Krishna in those continual eightfold daily pastimes. And if we can get past the preliminary stages of sadhana and come to the stage of bhava, Rupa Goswami's looks at devotional service in three broad stages devotional service in practice devotional service in ecstasy devotional service in pure love of God uh, it is handbook for Krishna consciousness the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu uh, he explains that there's character there are specific uh, characteristics of those three broad stages And so for the sadhika this preliminary stage devotional service in practice sadhana bhakti uh, is a period of extreme uh, an extreme change in the jivatma's entire existence prior to coming into contact with bhakti being fluent being being influenced by bhakti uh, coming through the good fortune of, of meeting a bhakta who's firmly situated uh, prior to that uh, the jivatma uh, has a certain frame of reference 
for enjoyment. A certain frame of reference for his existence. Uh, a certain framework for his time. His, so, Sat Chit Ananda. The Jivatma in contact with the external potency has a certain framework in which he sees these things, in which he sees himself, in which he sees satisfaction of himself, uh, and the existence of his self. Unfortunately, the framework is, is based upon that which is not enduring. So he doesn't think he endures. That framework is based on uh, having pleasures that come to a halt, that are not enduring themselves. So his ananda, his bliss, is of that nature. And his concept of himself is based on identification with with matter. So Satchitananda is there for the Jivatma, it's just upside down, inside out, not proper. So the Jivatma comes into contact with bhakti. Good fortune enters into his life through that avenue. The Lord's internal potency, Swarup Shakti, begins the process of reprogramming the Jivatma into what he really is. First he has to be deprogrammed. So we bring in the deprogrammers, the real knowledge, the Shastra, the Guru, the devotees. We unprogram that which has been there since time immemorial. We think this is this is it. This is the way my life is. This is this is this is what I am. So that has to be all cleared out. Shaito Darpa Namarjana. Heart needs to be cleared. The heart, the mind, the intelligence—whatever you want to, whatever you want to consider the self—needs uh, to be cleared, and uh, and then we can gradually become situated in true Satchitananda. What is our true existence? Uh, what's true knowledge of our existence? And. Uh, and how is existence to be experienced? Uh, Ananda. That's what we're meant to experience. In our attempts as sadhikas to come to this platform of bhava, when the ray of Love actually enters into our heart, and we start to 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 taste spiritual life. Uh, prior to that, 
our spiritual practice generally is it gives a re, gives us a a reflection or a shadow a shadow is closer because it's actually associated with the object so this is the sadhus the sages say that this uh, this abbas is a, is, a, is a shadow we're attached to spirituality but we're we got no idea how how tremendously unlimitedly unexplainably <laughs> uh, spiritual life is but we're given some some entrance here why don't you hear how the other how sages have experienced this gradual coming of spirituality they came into their spiritual age their eternal how did they come into their eternity so we have Sanatana Goswami giving us you know Brihat Bhagavatamrita Gopakumar step by step plane of consciousness to plane of consciousness to deeper and deeper understanding of spiritual relationships a relationship with the Supreme Lord going deeper and deeper into the understanding of those relationships through the lens of different devotees Sanatana gives us a nice introduction in the first part of his three part book a little introduction these devotees are all great devotees but they all have a different perspective a different way that they're loving the Lord then we come to the, to the story of Gopakumar he's there he's trying to instruct a disciple and he's, he's thinking well the only way I can relate to him is by I think the best way I can do it is telling my own story so let me do that so he told his own story well this is what happened to me I was granted eternity. My guru gave me a boon. You're going to be exactly like you are right now. This is you. You're always going to be a coward boy. In your self-same body, you are going to you are going to go to your ultimate spiritual destination. No change of body for you. Pretty amazing benediction. Of course, devotees change a body or not. They're never never frightened of death. It's not something that's part of their makeup. Uh, but this was a special benediction, and we see that that the acharyas they're giving us through their writings through these books through the puranas through the shruti through the shmriti it's it's a window into our spiritual life entrance into our spiritual life by seeing the spiritual life and practice of others that came before It's attainable. It's something that can be had, whether it's the story of Dhruva, Prahlad Maharaj, uh, Prithu, uh, 
So all these, you know, Maharaj, Bharat Maharaj, again and again, these different pastimes are there, the pastimes of these devotees' lives where they went from this conception of existence based on matter to an understanding of true existence based on the self. So in coming to this platform we have good guidance and here Bhaktivinoda Thakur is giving us some guidance whereby we can see obstacles in our spiritual life and in seeing these obstacles in our spiritual life or in the community in the, in the practice of devotional service we can see these obstacles in seeing these obstacles mostly in ourselves we can think of Krishna's assistance in destroying the demons in his occasional pastimes which symbolically represent these obstacles. So 20 obstacles to Vraj Bhakti. 20 obstacles. This is all from Krishna Samhita, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's book. And we'll walk through quickly the ones we've already discussed. Putna, nurse, a representative of false guru. False guru being the guru that's, that's not got the real goods but puts himself forth as, as having something of value to sell you. Trinavarta, the whirlwind demon. Uh, we generally come to spiritual life with a head full of, of uh, swirling misconceptions that, uh, that kind of blow us this way and that. So Krishna easily weighs those down with the weight of true spiritual knowledge. Sakata, the cart demon. We generally, in this world of man, we have a conception of re spirituality, which is more an emphasis of religiosity, which is more an emphasis of uh, morality, moral rules and regulations when in fact true spirituality has a lot to do with not trying to enjoy this world but attaining attachment for the spiritual world so that isn't to say that there is not some religiosity in spirituality but it's not the objective so the cart represents this sakata this this over emphasis of regulative 
spirituality or religiosity um, that obscures the development of attachment on the spiritual plane. So this ties back into our whole foundational sampradaya, Madhvagodya. Sampradaya of Vaishnavas, our practice is centered upon attachment, uh, raganuga bhakti, developing some rag, some tach, attachment for spiritual life. Um, so, we do not. Uh, put the cart before the horse, so to speak. We're not interested in carrying a, you know, an, an ass's burden of, of regulative principles of religiosity if that religiosity does not foster attachment to spirituality, to love, to attachment. So, we're not so much interested in all the ritualistic, uh, flowery words of the Vedas that, that tell us to do this and that to get, you know, to attain an advancement. Uh, we we follow certain religious principles, but we follow those religious principles not simply for the sake of following them but to make spiritual advancement. Rupa Goswami uses the term Niyamagraha uh, in his uh, Upadeshamrita verse uh, for those things which are is it the favorable or unfavorable section? See the second or third third verse. So in the those items that are unfavorable, niyamagraha, following the rules and regulations simply for the sake of following them, uh, or neglecting rules and regulations uh, and acting whimsically, uh, neither of those will serve our purpose in advancement in spirit devotional service. So. Sakata is like that. This uh, having the 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 cartload of, of regulative life, um, and uh, not keeping focus on uh, spiritual attainment. Uh, Vatsasur, the calf. Uh-oh. Some discussion there by Bhakti Vinod regarding uh, juvenile offenses, juvenile tendencies. Um, in fact, there's a whole essay as an appendix in his uh, Krishna Samhita wherein he discusses actually juvenile life and how Brahmachari plays into that or doesn't play into that. It's a very interesting essay. But uh, not to go deeply into that essay, but 
Vatsasura is representative of that juvenile offenses of of being overwhelmed by the senses and and working through that properly in the context of advancing devotional practice next we come to Bakasura large duck Bhaktivinoda brings out the symbology of uh, cheating religion uh, one based on sectarian formalities and pseudo-renunciation again we notice a recurring theme through many of these obstacles of anything that's standing in the way of attaining attachment that's natural because if we look at the whole context of Bhaktivinoda's presentation, the context is these occasional pastimes of the Lord, these demons are standing in the way of being completely absorbed in samadhi in the highest exchanges of loving affection, which are represented by the eight represented by the Eightfold Daily Pastimes. Um, he brings out in relationship with Bakasura the Nama Aparads. Uh, acceptance of bogus gurus who, who put forward, forward uh, practices that one's not yet qualified for. So we discussed that. That they're not, you know, without the qualification, one is wanting to go off and enter into deep bhajan, but they're still struggling with anista bhajana kriya, unstudied devotional practice. Uh, there's no need to run off to do 24 hour bhajan when your senses aren't aren't fully under control. When you when you still are Im- impeded in in your devotional practice. We could go back and go over all of those stages, all those uh, different things that Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur brings out in Madhurya Kadambani as far as uh, symptoms of unsteady devotional practice. So when there's a question as to whether, whether or not you have even attained Nista, then make sure that you've, you've reacquainted yourself with what, what Vishwanath has given to the devotional community in Madhurya Kadambani uh, to make sure that you aren't jumping ahead. Uh, and this is a this is a characteristic of, of a steadfastness and a seriousness in our devotional practice that will serve us well. Uh, let's know where we are. That's a, that's a wonderful qualification uh, to know where we are and to, and to really want to advance through the unsteadiness of, of Anista Bhajna Kriya to come to Nista. Nista is such a, such a wonderful attainment for the sadhaka. So we should want to get there and we should not want to to cut any corners. Uh, 
let's really purify our heart. If we approach our devotional practice in that frame of mind, what can come but good success? If we're not cheating ourselves, if we want to really come to steady devotional practice and uh, and be totally totally honest with ourselves and with our guru and with our associates as to this is where I'm at this is my struggles these are these are you know what can I do to move forward uh, not that we simply languish in a in a false illusion thinking that I must have I must be so advanced in my devotional life well let's know what real advancement is what are the characteristics of Nista what are the characteristics of Ruchi Ruchi, a Ruchi, a taste for the holy name that won't let me quit chanting a Sakti recognizing what is my spiritual prospect. Come next to Agasura, uh, the personification of, of intolerance and cruelty, uh, really has little appreciation or empathy for others. pretty self-centered doesn't want to see others uh, succeeding in life succeeding in spiritual life uh, well what's the characteristic of a big serpent the snake he's envious. envious he's just cruel envious so when we see this coming we can we can remember this pastime don't enter, you know, don't enter into the body of envy. <laughs> There's a chance you'll be swallowed up and lost forever. We come to the Brahma Vimohan Leela. Um, and that's being distracted from spiritual practice. Distracted through what? The flowery words of the Vedas. So distracted that what? We forget who Krishna is. We forget how powerful Krishna is. We, for, we, we can't recognize what is, what is the characteristics. So we, we may come into spiritual life and we, we have a good grasp on things and then we, then we become distracted by the ideal of liberation. Oh, maybe this will be good for me, liberation. Maybe a, maybe, a, maybe a holiday in the heavenly planets wouldn't be a bad idea. Well, okay. Maybe it isn't a bad idea, but there's a lot of time to be lost there. Who knows? Countless. Millions and millions of years. And what is, what, why, would we, why would we even think that? Well, we've read something in the Vedas. My gosh, all these mystic powers, all these beautiful heavenly palaces, all these beautiful 
sense gratification in every way imaginable. My own airplane. I mean, come on, my own airplane. That's pretty cool, you know. And it, it what doesn't crash. That's neat. And we forget. We forget what these sages, what what Rupa has said, or you know what the what these ghost swamis have said. This pleasure is like a is not even a drop in comparison with the ocean of unlimited pleasure we can have in selfless love for Krishna. His reciprocation with us is beyond anything that you can have in this world. You look to your liberation and say there's nothing higher in liberation. I look to your liberation and say it's not a speck in comparison with the ocean of love which you are. You can inherit in good association. You can come into this through the mercy of Krishna's bhakti. Then we come to Dinukasura. Dinukasura, the ass. The ass, why is his nature is he carries a burden. He carries a burden when in fact what? What's the nature of the ass? The he could he could just go out and eat all the whatever he wanted, but instead he works for a master who works him like an ass, makes him carry a heavy load, and at the end of the day, he's given a handful of grass that he could have had for nothing. The fruit's there, but he's made to work day and night to try to try to in, enjoy it. So there are those, and here Bhaktivinoda is extremely strong in his wording of things. There are those in, a, in the spiritual community of devotees who just don't get it. They're not there yet. They don't have the subtle discrimination to appreciate developing a loving sentiment for Krishna. It's not come to them yet. So therefore, they don't know what that fruit of devotional practice is. What to speak of, of tasting it, they can't appreciate it. And since they can't appreciate it, they feel nobody can appreciate it because they're practicing spirituality like everybody else. They're devotees, but they haven't they haven't yet developed fine discrimination. But if they see other devotees have are attracted to something that they can't quite understand well that's they must be wrong Bhaktivinoda points this out he says this Dinukasura he doesn't know how to taste the fine fruits of the tall treats the 
the treats of spiritual life, the treats of, of, of true affection, of developing attachment for Krishna. And therefore, he bars the way for everybody else in his company. He puts up a big ruckus. He kicks everybody else in the head. You you can't have that. Bhaktivinoda points out, they may even keep the other devotees from reading those literatures that will give them entrance into this fine understanding. They minimize the Purva Acharyas, the Praracharyas, um, they make a mess of people's spiritual life. Balaram, who's representative in this explanation of Bhaktivinoda Thakur as some real effort on the part of the Sadika. He has to take full shelter of Balaram to overcome these, these particular demons. Krishna is dispensing all the others, but these demons two of them Danukasura and Balmas what is it? Pralambasura so these two Balaram dispatches he dispatches because he is what? he is the representative of our good fortune Guru Then we come to Aristosura. So some discussion on Aristosura. Bhaktivinoda explains this Aristosura is representative of our impatience. I want my spiritual prospect to manifest and I'm conditioned by my material life that I shouldn't have to wait that long. If I want to be a doctor, I can, even a doctor, it's only 18 years, 14, 18 years and I can get my degree and, and go through all my residency and then start charging the big, the big fee, right? So there's some end in sight. So our material life, even if we want the greatest things, if we want to become that, uh, you know, have the head seat in the concert uh, hall for the, the whatever instrument we're playing or whatever, we can see our, the end in sight. Spiritual life isn't quite like that. The end's there, and we're going to attain that end in due course of time. But we can't become impatient. Rupa Goswami explains that Utsahan Nishchaya Daryat enthusiasm, confidence, patience. These characteristics, uh, following the program, following the sadhus, 
So, Aristosaurus is representative of this impatience. This impatience can become so strong in the Sadika at times that it'll interfere with their regular devotional practice. They'll actually give it up. I mean, I've been here 30 years. Isn't that long enough? Well, how was your time? Was your time well spent? Would be the question. Maybe you didn't spend it with that attitude of what? Complete surrender, like Krishna says at the end of Bhagavad Gita. Sarva dharmam parityajya. Abandon all variety religion and just surrender. What surrender mean? Accepting everything that's favorable, rejecting everything that's unfavorable. Maybe during the 30 years, you had a problem with the rejection part. Maybe you were hanging on to some things. Maybe 24-7 wasn't really part of it. It was 6 and 18. Six hours of devotion and 18 hours of sleeping and whatever we're used to doing. So after 30 years of 6 and 18, don't expect to get the results of 24-7. It's not going to come like that. We follow in the footsteps of the sadhus and this is what they're, what they're trying to pull us into. You want out of material existence, well pull yourself out grab hold of, of, of good association and gradually the hours on the Krishna side of the scale have to increase. The rounds, the attention, the, the dedication, the determination, all those things Bhaktivinoda says we need to see that we're advancing step by step, day in and day out always reassessing what's standing in my way now what impediment now why is my mind still bothered there why this so this is this is fine discrimination this this serves us well aristosaur represents the weak heartedness of expecting something for nothing and then becoming frustrated when it doesn't come according to our schedule and so frustrated that we just walk away. We stay may still show bottle our devotion, still come and you know yes, older devotee here, yes, fully realized. Oh yes, but they're not feeling it. There's no no tears coming. There's no hair standing on end. There's I can't. I'm not reading the scriptures and 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 wetting the pages with with the tears of of complete absorption. And wow, Krishna is right here. I'm not chanting my rounds and just just my voice is just choking up. I can't even finish a, a you know a mantra. That's not coming to me. But so many years I've put in, so advanced I must be. 
Aristosura. Then we come to Kalia. Malice. Having a counsel that's in opposition to Krishna's devotees. Advising others against devotees, basically. Kalia wasn't alone. He lived in a whole group. In fact, uh, that's something that Bhakti Bhaktivinoda brings out in the appendix where he explains this pastimes is when that when Krishna entered Kaliya's lake, not only did Kaliya wrap his coils around him, all of Kaliya's associates did. All of the serpents there who were his and they were all equally as strong as he was. That's why complete that's what completely petrified the cowherds and the and the and the Krishna's uh, friends they were they were just they were at death's door seeing Krishna was there's no way of escaping how could he escape he was completely in the coils of Kali and Kali's associates so deceit and cruelty are a poison to the artless loving nature of the denizens of Braj I'm going to leave this for the next class because I want to explain exactly the way Bhakti Vinod puts the whole thing in perspective. We're already at 8 o'clock. But just as a preview, what Bhakti Vinod brings out is the fact that Krishna allows his devotees to be abused at the hands of Kaliya. Mm. At the hands of, of people that aren't representative people that are that are have malice and malintent and misguided desires in relationship with the devotees and the community of devotees to the brink of death just to highlight their devotion so it'll be an interesting class there are there any questions about what we did cover this evening next class we will not do a review because reviews tend to go on for a whole class and there's 20 obstacles and Kaliya is 10 so we have another 10 to go so we had it first thank you so much for your association Hare Krishna